In the Animal Loft Studios in historic, beautiful Delmore, New York, I'm Bobby Pape, and this show has everything. This week, it is a smorgasbord. It is a picnic smorgasbord. We're going to go outside, we're going to lay down our blanket, we're going to invite our friends, and we're going to have a good old-fashioned potluck for Memorial Day weekend. Joining me for the feast in the Stick of Butter Studios in New Bright, Minnesota, it's Anne with a planned Lundholm. Good evening, Anne. Hi, Bobby. I'm ready. I've got a blanket. i got to bring my freaking bug spray. Oh, tell me about it. I'm itching. I'm itching my skin <laughs> off. Oh, good. Good transition. Speaking of itchy, in the middle-aged momish studios in Austin, Texas, it's Hillary the H-bomb Livingston bug-bitten butler. Good evening, Hillary. It's true. I'm currently icing my my swollen foot. That's not like a euphemism or anything. I'm icing my swollen foot. From- what would it be a euphemism <laughs> I for? I don't know. <laughs> Um, I feel like swollen is such like a. I, I think I've just been reading too many Hillary Hillary horny corners. So, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, uh, her turgid, turgid ankle. Turgid ankle. <laughs> ah, you're making me itch my bug bites. <laughs> so sorry. I've got until Monday to get that in Urban Dictionary. <laughs> But only after we record, because we're going to do a little bit of small talk, which is a lot of my small talk, followed by our mailbag. Uh, medium talk is our Memorial Day feast, followed by Tisha Recommends and how you can get involved with this here show. And do me a favor and introduce me for small talk. <laughs> small talk. This this young man has been on quite a journey these last few weeks, and he's going to tell us about it. Right, Bobby? Well, bits and pieces of it. Yeah, I, I'm going to spare everybody the soul-crushing parts of it where I've been working 60, 70 hours a week and uh, driving back and forth to Buffalo for paperwork and dealing with all sorts of other chaos. But uh, there have been What's some... soul-crushing about that? It's the worst four-hour drive. So Mike and I managed to drive from Austin, Texas to Seattle and enjoy every moment of it except for the part where we got pulled over in Bumblefuck, Oregon. <laughs> Right. And yet, the four-hour drive between Albany and Buffalo is just the worst. It feels like a time warp. Like, yeah. Like, it just, it drags on for days, and yet somehow it's four hours. It's four hours all on I-90, so it's just one straight line. Yeah. That's almost worse when you're not, like, dipping and dashing and, like, changing and having to pay attention. I When right. you're just going in a straight line, it is soul-killing. Uh, anyway, so there have been some highlights. And the first highlight is uh, a recurring segment, an occasional segment uh, that we're bringing back right now called Bobby Tries It So You Don't Have To. And I've got quite the roundup of snacks to share with you all right now. So uh, I will tell you smash or pass on each of these (laughs) snacks. Uh, All right, I'm ready. Starting with Old Bay Goldfish. So Mm. Goldfish goldfish crackers, Old Bay. I don't know that I've ever had Old Bay. It's not uh, a Midwest thing, I don't think. It's delicious. It tastes like salt and red. I'm not sure, like paprika, I guess. I don't know. What's <laughs> yeah. in Old Bay? I never Maybe thought about it just, until right now. It's like it's just not an Anne's family thing, possibly, but I don't know. Nobody talks about Old Bay here. So the, the Google gives me the first quick result. A blend of celery, salt, paprika, black pepper, cayenne pepper, cinnamon, ginger, and other spices. Hmm. Um, cinnamon? Yeah, sure. There's always something sneaky like that in there. And celery salt is is really key. I love celery salt. And um, what is celery salt? I don't know. I assume they salt the celery, or like it's when a celery. <laughs> it's like when a celery has sass and is bitter about it. Because celery salt can't be made from celery itself, because celery is the least salty thing around. 
it is a combination of ground common table salt. Well, that's not fair. It's common of table salt and ground celery seeds. Huh. Hmm. Which makes sense because it's so, like gar- garlic salt is, you know. Okay, yeah, so it's sure. celery and salt. Right. Not salt and celery. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is not a rabbit hole I meant to go down. Um, Old Bay Goldfish Crackers is a smash. They are great. Worth trying. And there's something a little uh, appropriate about putting Old Bay on a seafood-shaped snack. <laughs> <laughs> So, high marks for Old Bay Goldfish. My only request is, uh, much like I mentioned in my Simple Pleasures last week, I would like a few more of those goldfish to have a little more seasoning on them. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Old Bay Goldfish, they kind of taste like when you um, buy a pack of, like, um, soup crackers, uh, oyster crackers, and toss them in, like, butter and seasonings and then bake them. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, which, my grandma I, used to do that with dill. It was always right. dill oyster crackers. Right. Mm. This could this could fall into the Tishi Memorial Day potluck conversation in a few minutes here. Sure uh, could. <laughs> and then uh, it was suspended in gelatin. No. Um, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, what flavor gelatin? <laughs> oh no, clear. Just it, it's an aspect. <laughs> oh, oh. Just horse hooves. <laughs> <laughs> you got me with the horse. <laughs> oh God, I'm so glad we don't practice. Uh, old Bay Goldfish crackers are a smash. Uh, the next is a twofer. So um, I was driving uh, like a week and a half ago, and I was going through Syracuse, and I stopped at my favorite non-throughway rest stop gas station, which is a Speedway off of uh, the throughway in Syracuse, uh, and they had these things I'd never seen near the register, and they were called. Old El Paso Fiesta Twists. Individual Ooh. bags. Uh, and they're like an extruded corn puff, but they're uh, like a triangle tip star shaped like out of a piping bag. Uh, and the closest thing I can think of is, and I have not had these in many, many years, but the texture of the cinnamon twists at Taco Bell. Is it like a okay. take on a ta- Have you ever seen a talkie? No, because it's not rolled. Okay. Like, Takis are like a rolled corn chip, right? Yes. Yeah. I, I don't like those because I don't want to eat anything that is that color of blue. <laughs> like, that shouldn't exist. You made an enemy out of Bridget Butler. It's her. It's her. She's missing them because she's not allowed to eat them with braces. Ah, well, she oh, is welcome dear. to someday slay as many <laughs> Takis as she likes, but that is not for me. So they're, they're sort of that um, puffy, crispy, extruded consistency uh i assume corn i'm not actually sure and they came in two flavors queso and Mm -hmm. zesty ranch Mm -hmm. so i bought one bag of each and uh promptly ate the queso ones in the car and they were pretty good the zesty ranch a little less good really uh i'll put them both on the cusp so i would say it's smash queso pass on zesty ranch but like just barely on either side of the line there. They were fine. I would eat them if somebody put a bowl in front of me. I would not seek them out again. Okay. Saying that old El Paso is getting into snack foods. Yeah. It's one of those weird branding things, right? Like I wonder if somebody wanted to make a twist and said, what will it sell more as if I get a name on it? Or right. old El Paso. Or maybe they just have a lot of corn sitting around. And they were like, what can we make with peas? <laughs> maybe. 
Uh, and then I have a, a late add to this list, and it's another zesty option. Uh, this came up in our conversation yesterday uh, as a group, and Christy couldn't make it to record with us tonight, but it's her fault because she's the one who brought it up, and that is zesty ketchup-flavored Doritos. Weren't they tangy ketchup? Oh, is it tangy? Did I write? I wrote zesty. It should have written tangy. <laughs> Christy said zesty when she was trying to remember the flavor, but I, I believe it was I, it was tangy ketchup, as I recall. <laughs> I'm leaving it. All right. Uh, well, whatever kind of uh, amped up bam ketchup these are supposed to be. Uh, last night, I walked over to Hannaford next door here and, and picked up a bag uh, just to make you, you jealous. I hate you for being able to do that. It is ultimate puttering. I think Andrew Walsh would be truly, truly jealous because it's open till 11. And I love going over there wow. when it's not busy. So I will walk in there at about 10 o'clock and do my shopping. And it is delightful. Uh, zesty ketchup Doritos. Did not have any last night because I was eating other stuff and I wanted to keep my palate clear. So just a little while before recording here, I cracked open that bag. Had a few. Had a Diet Coke as my control. Oh, sounds so good. <laughs> And uh, as might be a controversial take, I'm going to pass. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, huh. not, I'm not impressed. Um, I, I think whatever tangy zestiness they're supposed to be, it just didn't land for me. And I think it's because I, I see that color and I want it to be like an all dressed or a barbecue. Mm. And it's really not. Um, but it's also not like a hot chip, like a, like a flavor. Uh, what do they call it? The flame... Uh, hot Cheeto flavor. Sure. It's not flavor that either. blasted or whatever. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever thing my colon is going to regret immediately. Uh, it, it's not no, that either. No, it'll regret it on like six to eight hours <laughs> later, not immediately. Uh, yeah, they're beets flavored Doritos. No, um, so I, 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 it's not for me. If anyone wants half a bag of them and is willing to come to Albany, New York, I'll give it to you. I mean, I'll probably eat them eventually because they're sitting on the kitchen counter, but... I would much rather just a, a yellow corn chip and some salsa, which is what I ended up eating after that. I mean, I love a I, ketchup chip, so. Yeah. I don't know if uh, I've ever had a ketchup chip before. I've had a ketchup potato chip. You know, that was a Canadian childhood thing. I was going to say, so because I'm not very close to Canada, so it just is not a part of my life, like my yeah, regular they're, life. They're bleeding through down here. Our, our um, Hannaford has... All dressed potato chips, although they're not great, they're okay. Um, potato chip, uh, ketchup, um, ketchup flavored potato chips. But my favorite was always dill pickle growing up. Oh, I like dill pickle. Mm, that sounds all, good. All of those weird mm-hmm. ethnic Canadian flavors. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you know, as a, on the American side, it was always salt and vinegar. Always, always, always good stuff. Yeah. All right, so I had some today. Ooh, uh, kettle or regular, or what are we talking about here? Kettle. I think they were Old Dutch, which is nice. our local brand. Sure, there you go. I can get behind that. Uh, oh my God! Actually, speaking of potato chips, I and this is after we planned, not after we planned the episode, but it was recent. I met a guy. You know, the potato chip was uh, allegedly invented here, at Saratoga, very close to here. And I was at a networking event uh, hosted by our local business newspaper. Hillary, these are your people. Every other person there was either a banker or a brokerage person or a real estate mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. 
the douchebag quotient was so high, mm-hmm. so high. Welcome so many account world. executives try to shake Sounds me down. So so enthusiastic. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was awful. It was a lot of fake. It was a lot of fake teeth and a lot of fake hair and a lot of fake other things. It was mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ran into this guy who did not belong. He looked even more out of place than I did at this thing. He is a potato chip historian. Wow. <laughs> And I kept, he kept being really awkward and walking up to people. And so I started introducing him to other people as the world's foremost potato chip historian. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have to assume he is. He literally walked up to the group I was at and said, I'm a potato chip historian. Um, You may have seen me on the History Channel. Wow. Like he's the guy they interview when uh, the History Channel is doing a story about Nazis on Mars or whatever. And there's a potato chip angle. So we were talking about CBS Sunday morning. This guy should have a story on CBS Sunday morning. (laughs) That's like a perfect, that's like a perfect CBS Sunday morning story. But there has to be an anniversary or they have to have saved a child from some terminal illness. (laughs) True. True. Yeah. And then Steve Hartman will come to a a tearjerker story about (laughs) anyway. So, so so he's a professional potato chip historian or is this just an avocation. No, this is this can, is his. What I'm asking is, you could get paid for this. <laughs> I don't know if he gets paid other than the uh, the day rates he's probably getting to do. Uh, these, I'm looking for his card now. I got it in my wallet here. And and no, I shouldn't say no shit. The guy was friendly. Toga chip guy, Alan Richer, history of the Saratoga chip. Toga chip guy gmail.com. Go wild. Toga chip This guy knows everything there is to know about potato chips. Apparently. This doesn't sound like he gets paid. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a hobby. Please, nobody blow up Toga Chip guy. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. Oh, his, I hadn't gone to his website before. Oh, this Ooh, is fun. Chip Blog. <laughs> <laughs> Book the Chip Guy, Bobby. <laughs> oh, he told me. He told me his. He just worked a gig at the AARP National Convention. Ooh. And all the olds want to take a picture with him. Why? I don't know. <laughs> This is not the road I meant to go down tonight. <laughs> I just met this guy. Yeah, but I'm going to save me. He's going to be my motivational speaker for something at some point. Uh, anyway, potato chips. Yeah, salt and vinegar, kettle chips. Boom, that's where it's at. He said his favorite was an Old Bay, or uh, a, a um, Cape Cod salt and vinegar kettle chip. I was like, yep, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's, that's good. Butter. Yeah, right there. Uh, okay. Also, all this other junk food got me thinking. I have told you all before about this stupid TikToker I watch who rolls dice to figure out how to make his sandwiches every day. Sure. He made one today where the bread he rolled was two Uncrustables. Oh. And it made me realize I've never had an Uncrustable. Remind me of what an Uncrustable is. It is this. Well, Hillary, you're a parent of children, so you know what an Uncrustable is. <laughs> I mean, I do, but I don't regularly purchase. I don't know if I've ever purchased one. I've just seen them in the grocery store. Oh, they're hand pies? Sort of. They are peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, although I think they've got altered other fillings now. Yes. Round Pop-Tarts? Yeah. Sort I, of. In, yeah. My, in my like quest to not... Well, mostly, it's. I'm honestly... This is... I'm not like you have to I don't want you to eat like unwholesome food like I don't really give a shit about that. It's just more that it's so much more expensive to buy the box stuff and I'm like absolutely not we're not buying this. I'm not spending my money on this and there's like four to a pack and they're six dollars or whatever. Absolutely not. Right. It's a peanut butter and jelly sandwich 
where the cheap white bread has been cut off around with like a round ring mold and then the edges have been crimped together. It's it's a peanut butter and jelly white bread ravioli. <laughs> it's, it's well, not I have a description. To, I have to say the user review when I Google it, it says disappointed in all caps. I love these sandwiches. <laughs> they were the right size and now they're completely nasty. Uh, I can't see spending $10 or more on these just to have to throw them out. This product has become a complete waste of money. It's so sad because they used to be very good. Smuckers do better. (laughs) 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 But she gave it two stars. I'm like, I don't, that doesn't sound like a two star review to me. Uh, As of now, the show title is Smuckers do better. So I just, I, it's one of those things where I, I'm just young enough to have remembered them rolling out, but too old to have ever eaten one. Yeah. To me, it is the thing that um, at the second snack break during soccer practice, when all the orange slices are gone, this is the thing they're handing out. Yeah. And I like that it's Uncrustables registered trademark. Right. And so I might, for science now, have to try an Uncrustable. Just buy a box. I'm looking... I'm looking at Uncrustables images on Google. <laughs> I don't know why. There is my life, my talent. Huh? There is an a Smucker's Uncrustables uncured pepperoni bites. Ooh. I don't. I don't know what to think of this. Hmm. What, uncured? Shouldn't it be cured? <laughs> it's an Uncrustable. Yeah, I'm gonna say yes. I love uh, when you go like on. There's the- a chocolate, yeah, like a Nutella one. But Anne, you um, iconically do not like hazelnut. It's not that I don't like hazelnut. I just don't. It's not like you're not like. like ah! I don't. I don't. I don't get the appeal. Is what it is. Okay. Like I'd rather just have plain chocolate. It doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I get that. Right. I get that. Um, imagine getting. This is so nineties. It's like. Peanut butter and grape jelly, peanut butter and strawberry jelly, reduced mm-hmm. sugar, peanut butter and grape. Like, I saw I'm that. so sorry. If you absolutely to, not. If you need to have reduced sugar, maybe don't get an uncrustable. <laughs> like maybe that's a number one thing. Uh, so he wrote, he rolled that, and then salami and pepper jack. And I'm trying to remember. I'm looking at a cross section of the sandwich that he made. This is a critical part of these series where he shows you the cross section. I put a screenshot in the Zoom. Um, and you can just see the unholy god hell that is the sandwiches cut in half. Oh. Way to well, go, I, Anne. <laughs> I went one better. I found a picture of a, quote, homemade Uncrustable. <laughs> yeah, but whoever made that didn't even try to crimp the edges. Come on. And it's square. Yeah. yeah. It's just a regular sandwich with the crusts cut off. Also, these Which I suppose. Are, I think these come in the freezer section, too, so they thaw out. And so that white bread has to be just mush. Oh god! So I got I. So that's gonna be the next thing I try. I mean, we'll see. It's we'll see if it's better or worse than a ketchup Dorito. Yeah. But uh, anyway, that was uh, that's that's my trip down. Bobby tries it, so you don't have to, including my. Oh next wait, step. wait, wait! Mm-hmm. Uncrustables microwavable grilled cheese sandwich. Oh, microwave! Doesn't that cheese. sound wonderful? I mean, we were talking about Jim Gaffigan, oh. and I do feel like you would. It would be like molten lava in your mouth. Like it would just burn the inside of your mouth and taste like nothing. That's my guess. Yuck. Well, okay. Yuck. So as a poor kid who grew up in an ingredient house versus a snack house, we yeah. discussed this before. I used to make grilled cheeses by toasting the bread, 
in the toaster, putting the cheese on the toasty bread and then microwaving it. I mean, you know, eh, could be worse. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a cheese sandwich with a little Maillard on it, right? Yes. At that point, it yeah. got the job done. Yeah, exactly. Oh, it's incredible. I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you weren't using the stove, so that's good. You were a little right. kid. Just use the microwave. Right. I did end up, you know, I, I would say by a very young age, I was using the stove. But, you know, that was the very, very, very young age was the toaster and the cheese and the microwave. Yep. The same microwave my grandmother cooked a turkey in one year. <laughs> okay. I, I have to close this Google page before I go to Wikipedia to look at sealed crustless sandwich articles. Oh, is that the zip top bag of... Sandwiches versus uh, yes, Ziploc. exactly, exactly. <laughs> okay, close X X X. I'm just I'm loading up sealed crustless sandwich for later so that I can have it. <laughs> I mean, the one thing I'll say it's got to be really good deep fried. Like this thing looks like it's meant to be battered and fried. It sure does. But it looks like it's a state fair snack waiting to happen. Yeah, I just think probably the ingredients are so inferior. Well. Now, here's where we make the argument that battering it and deep frying it is what makes it good. The quality of the ingredients is irrelevant in that case. But I think you're just starting with such base material. Yeah. Yeah. Do not fry frozen Uncrustables, says the Quicker Kitchen. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, God. That's, that's, a, that's an explosion waiting to happen. So can you fry them once they're thawed then? I think so, yeah. This appears to be a thing. Uh yeah, I see YouTube videos of people doing this. How to turn Uncrustables into deep fried donuts. Mm, ooh. Ooh. I saw something about an air fryer. That might be a worthy ooh, experiment. Yeah, I could try that here in the uh, multi-use toaster oven convection thingy. Boy, what was the show about? <laughs> well, food. God only knows. Oh. I have one more goofy update in small talk, and then I promise I'll give it up for a few minutes. Um, this last weekend... Um, as we're recording this, uh, the, one of the reasons I've been so stressed and busy is we had a big fundraising event uh, in Albany here for the symphony. And it was a, it was a gala. Actually, it was our Gershwin songbook soiree, which is a name I came up with and I'm very proud of it. Um, we had an auction and a pianist who plays these great Gershwin songs. And, um, and like the decor was very slick blue and white and, it's very elegant, and we had a lot of fun, and we raised a good amount of money, and that was all great. The one thing that crept up is that we had planned on doing a silent auction, and then we had a few people in our circles who insisted that some of the bigger items we had donated, because we did a really good job getting auction items, uh, be auctioned off live, because they were convinced it would make more money uh, going live. We had a couple of really great chef's table opportunities, and a couple of trips, and uh, a box at Saratoga race course up here, which is, you know, famous horse racing course. I don't know a lot of it, horse racing, except that they I keep dying God, lately. I, I, th I thought you were going to say a box of Saratoga potato <laughs> chips. Yeah. Yeah. The horses actually eat the potato chips and then they run. It's amazing. Uh, and they drink Saratoga water. It's, it's really, you know, very on brand. Of course. So of course, this being a last minute change, uh, we don't have an auctioneer booked and I actually originally did want to do a live auction, but every nonprofit on earth is catching up for lost time right now. And every auctioneer I know, and I actually know a few all booked like wow. every Saturday for like the next six months, like they're all just booked. Um, and so I, uh, jumped in and I 
was the live auctioneer Saturday night. Wow. And it was kind of awesome. Were you scared? Uh, not really, because I've worked dozens of these kinds of events before, and I've I've worked with, like, usually the live auctioneers and the nonprofit circuit, they're not just auctioneers. They're, like, consultants who help you facilitate, like, how to plan the evening and how to emotionally manipulate people to do it at just the right moment to get the most money. And, like, there's a science to all of this, despite what some of the people I work with think. And um, uh, there are ways to do it right. And as a result, I've worked really closely with a few of these people. I even read a book that one of them wrote about it. And so on one hand, it was new. But on the other hand, I've just sort of have absorbed a lot of it through osmosis. And I wasn't perfect. I was pretty good. And we did make a fair amount of money on the five items I auctioned off. So I was pretty happy with myself. Yay. have no trouble believing that you would be good at that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, just, you know, talking fast and nudging people and goofing off a little Emotional bit. Emotional manipulation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I just, uh, I don't, I, I only, I don't brag very often, but just, it was kind of a, a surreal moment because it was Saturday morning that I realized, oh, oh shit. shit, this is really going to happen. Oh, yeah. I better do a little prep. <laughs> And had I realized I was going to be doing this, like, fully and truly two months before it, I probably would have had a lot more time to be nervous. Sure. But sure. Just... You're at the point where it's got to happen, so it's got to happen. Right. Yeah. So yeah. it was good. I uh, I came into the office Saturday morning. I, I put some notes together. I printed bid number cards for everybody because I was going to need them. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. So uh, I'm an auctioneer now. We'll just add it to my – put it right after Internet Minister on my business card. <laughs> Uh, it's like good for you it's like you're in a small town where you're like the you're like the barber you're the doctor you're the auctioneer the notary (laughs) yes (laughs) my notary certificate lapsed a long time ago so yeah someday i'll get it back yeah um hillary i need to stop talking so please tell us about the throes of maysember you know but real quick i used to think it was uh note of republic Um, and I used to think, um, easy, like Sunday morning was leaving like Sunday morning. <laughs> I'm leaving like Sunday morning. <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes sense. Going, going to church? <laughs> I guess so. Anyway. Um, yeah, I, um, well, okay. So yes, I took, um, mother's day off. Cause I was like, meh, meh, meh. I'm a mom. I'm taking this week off. And then last week. I'm taking week, this week off. Leave me alone. I know, exactly. Um, though this is how I know I'm starting to like my kids a little bit more again because I and like at four I was like I gotta miss them. I mean not so much that I was like please come home, but just a little bit like it'd be fun to have them around because um, they're not as like I don't have to change diapers or like do anything physical with them really. But anyway, um, this month has snuck up on me because it's the so in. Texas, Dave thinks it's weird, but in Texas, we get out in May. School's usually uh, let out right before Memorial Day. And it is just one thing after another uh, this, but the past two weeks. That's why I was off last week. Bridget had her musical. Rory had something. I mean, it, and they've had sports and they've had, it just is, everything is culminating to this. And now my kids aren't expecting me to be like doing all their crafts with them and doing all that. But, you know, I want to be there for them. And it and work happens to be really busy as well. So it's just one of those times where 
I have to be better about shifting gears. I'm not always great about shifting gears where I'm like, no, I'm in, I'm really good at compartmentalizing. Like I'm at work, I'm at work mode. I'm, this is what I'm doing right now. Then when I'm at home, I go to, you know, second shift. I'm at, I'm in mom mode or whatever. And this time it is, it is like I, today I had to go to a really dumb meeting for a few hours, then went to lunch with Bridget, then came back and did some more meetings and, now, now I'm in podcast mode and it's all good because I can just run my mouth and there's no real consequences. Just kidding. But um, no, it's it's like I just need to get to the end of this week and things will be a little bit more normal. And my anniversary is on Friday, which I remember when we got we decided on the date. I, we were like, oh, that'll be perfect. It's Memorial Day. That's fun. People have it off. And I didn't realize like what a basic bitch move it is to have your wedding memorial day especially in texas because it's like the last yeah. acceptable time to have a sort of outdoory wedding um yeah a- every year on facebook it's like happy anniversary love doing life with you yay 16 years or 17 you know all these things and i'm like we're so basic we're such losers <laughs> anyway I, yeah that's why i'm like a little bit uh, pro- i feel low energy because i'm just like Okay, let's just get through it. Tomorrow is fifth grade graduation, which is both stupid and I will cry. So, you know, get ready. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I will cry. It's going to happen. I, I'm i a sentimental bitch, so it's going to happen. I, I have a stone cold heart, but then, you know, sometimes something will happen and I'm like. <laughs> it's going to be like the graduation in Crazy Stupid Love where they're like graduate from middle seventh grade really? or something. Yeah, and- probably. I mean, she had a, because I, I was looking through old pictures, she had a kindergarten graduation, which I'm like, wait, why? She was staying at the same school. Like, I don't understand why we, we did that. I mean, it's cute that I have this little video of her dancing, but I'm like, that, what, what a weird, what a weird concept and my poor parents they've been I mean they've loved it but like my niece graduated from high school my other niece graduated from nursing school they have been to many graduations in the past couple of weeks and I can't even imagine how many graduations they've been to like such an astounding amount of high school college law school what have you graduations and graduations are so fucking boring they're so boring they're, they're so actually so side note we were talking my mom was trying to remember who talked who spoke at my high school graduation I was like oh I remember it was really bad and she was like well, who was it so we we voted and it was like I think Tom Landry you know the former now dead coach of the Cowboys was one of them and I was like well might as well just do him at least it's somebody famous I don't know who cares and it ended up being this guy now I can't even remember his name but he was the um leader he was the head of this camp in I think Arkansas or Missouri called Canacuck and it is a religious <laughs> camp why I went to a public high school why was this guy speaking at my graduation and he told the lady he's like ladies keep it PG until you get married like nothing below the neck or something like that and all of my friends were like too late <laughs> it was so I remember looking up at my mom I don't know how I like sort of found her in the crowd and making eye contact with her and she was so pissed and it almost made it interesting because it was so bad that I was actually paying attention otherwise I might have been falling asleep but yeah uh, graduation suck though I will cry at a fifth grade graduation <laughs> Bobby, did you have a graduation speaker at your high school graduation? I don't think so. I'm trying to I remember. Don't remember this? My my memories of high school graduation are fairly vague. It was in Eastman Theater in Rochester. They all run together because when I went to UB, I was that last year. I was the student rep to the 
board of trustees, which meant I got Shocking. to sit on a lot of, yeah, yeah, no. Um, I got to sit on a lot of platform parties, which means I attended a lot of school graduations within the university. And I know I have seen um, Chuck Schumer give his graduation day speech like <laughs> seven or eight times because any chance he has to get in front of a group of people in a camera, he will do it. And it's always the same speech. And so it's, I wouldn't be shocked if Chuck Schumer showed up at my high school graduation to give that speech. Um, but I don't think so. I can't remember anyone. I'm on the Kennecook website, by the way, which is dangerous to pronounce. Yeah. And um, <laughs> their camps are spelled with a K. Overnight yep. camp. They yeah. camp. Absolutely not. I, yeah. Absolutely I not. Know. I never went there. I went to a YMCA camp. All yeah. the closer to KKK. Is yeah, exactly. Is. Right? You need to be careful with this many consecutive Ks. Campers. Spell with a K. Yeah. Not okay. No. Not okay. Definitely not. C. Anyway. Well, I remember going to my brother Carl's graduation. He went to Bemidji State University in upstate Minnesota. Uh, what are they known for up there? Hunting and hockey. So we had the graduation in, in the hockey arena. Uh, sitting on the hockey bleachers, and it was the most uncomfortable four hours of my life. Ugh. Yeah. Uh, Never they're again. Boring. They're really boring. They're Ew. really boring. I started to go into the Can It Cook statement of beliefs. Mm, that was a mistake. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. This is camp. We're just like canoeing. What are we doing? Anyway, yes. Graduate- like canoeing with a K. <laughs> <laughs> God. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so ho- hopefully in June I'll be back to full force, full force Hillary. Well, uh, your children are just going to go feral for the summer, right? I know, pretty much. Basically, so. I did. I did email Dave a list because I had it on the calendar, but I emailed him a list. It's like week by week what they're doing. Not that I even care. I just like I need to have it straight in my head. Like, what are they doing this right. week? It's not camps on all of them, but it's just as yeah. Like, speaking of camp, like, is Bridget going away again? She is, and Rory's going away for a week too. Dun, dun, dun. Is it the same week? Yes, yes, but they se- <gasps> they separate it, boys and girls. I know I'm gonna have and. Bridget's gone for two weeks. My dad is going to go pick up Rory from the one week and take him back. And so we're going to actually have two weeks sans children. Wow. Mom and dad gone wild. What are we going to do? We're going to go home and like go to bed. Like that's what we're going to do and not have to deal with um, telling somebody to shower or making them. I'm not going to be going to play a lot of candy crush. Uh, Yeah. Don't talk to me. Don't talk to me. (laughs) Um, All right. Should we move to the mailbag? Sure. All right, yeah. let's do it. Uh, what's a little thing that makes you happy? Actually, I was reminded um, something that makes me happy. This is both gross, but I love it so much. When I go to the movies and I get popcorn, I love to get this is so gross. This makes me an animal. I like to like stuff my mouth full of popcorn and then drink Diet Coke and let the <laughs> let the Diet Coke disintegrate the popcorn in my mouth and then swallow it. It makes me so happy. It's really gross. Um, but yeah. I don't quite know what to say. But <laughs> I don't know. It's really weird. If it makes you happy. Exactly. It's very bizarre, but I like the, the sensation. The guy who snacks for a quasi-living over here is stunned. <laughs> <laughs> I just like it. I don't know. I, the Diet Coke um, popcorn combo really makes me happy. And the disintegration. also, And it also works a little bit. Not as well, but it works with goldfish, too. 
So anyway, um, all right, let's I'm, get I'm to not trying it. <laughs> Let, I don't know what the old bay. I think you have to go standard with that one or Dr. Um, Pepper. I mean, if you're going to go spicy, the thing is I need Dr. Pepper's too sweet. I need, I need the diet Coke. The diet Coke is, it, it stands up against other stuff. The, the, I don't, there's something about, I love a Dr. Pepper. Don't get me wrong, but there, it, it's its own thing. Diet Coke can really come back. It combines well with popcorn and goldfish. <laughs> um, yep. As long as we're on the di- the Dr. Pepper tangent. I hadn't thought of it until I just said it out loud, but I believe I saw just in the last few days, Bluebell yes. is Dr. Pepper float ice cream. Yeah. I don't know. Oh. I mean, I would try it, but I don't know. I I just, with ice cream, the cuter it gets, the uh, less interested I'm in. Like, mm-hmm. I just, I kind of want like a basic ice cream. I mean, it can be like... I like a chocolate mint ice cream. Like the Bluebell chocolate mint ice cream is delicious. That's that's fine. I'm good. Well, we don't mint get, chocolate chip. I'm sorry. We don't get uh, Bluebell up here in the Yankee states. So the Yankee states, the Dutch colonies well, it, up here. You know, in it New did York. also give people like listeria a couple years ago. So I'm a little bit like you're on my list, Bluebell. They've corrected <laughs> it, but you're on my list. Um, okay. For our listeners, what they said, they had some really sweet ones. Joseph says, the dogs that I get to pet throughout my day at work. That sounds nice. Mm -hmm. Um, John, I'm very jealous of. Upcoming retirement. And somebody was like, that's not small. (laughs) Exactly. That's what my thought was, too. Uh, But that is really nice. That's major, John. As we've discussed, I'm like, retirement? I don't know. Um, Ingrid says, my electric milk, milk frother warmer makes me feel fancy when I drink my coffee each morning. It's the little things. I agree. Uh, mine broke, but that was actually really fun to put some heavy whipping cream and like whip it up with that. It felt fancy. I liked it. Uh, Julie says, putting in my earbuds and turning on my happiest playlist so that I can dance around the house as I do chores. I love nice. the sound of that, but yes. I don't think I've ever done it in my life. Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely not a dancer. Yeah, I mean, I am a dancer, but if I'm I'm doing chores, I'm almost always listening to a podcast anyway. So there's not a lot of like boogieing down to the blank check theme song. It's not very danceable. (laughs) Um, John, another John says, I love the metallic smell of ozone at the start of a spring rain. I didn't know where that was going. I get I get that. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. When you say it smells like rain and you're like, hmm, that sounds nice. Um, Amy says the sound of hoop and loop, parenthetically Velcro being peeled apart. Hmm. Hook and loop. Hook and loop technology. Hoop and loop. Mm. Hoop and loop. Okay. Hoop and loop. Well, hoop and loop is kind of catchier. Yeah, it is. Hoop and loop. Hoop and loop. Um, Gene. That's the 1980s right there. Is yes, what that is. is. And Rory Butler because he's bad about tying his shoes. So I'm like, here you go. <laughs> okay. He's. I mean, so second really, child. Yeah. Well, that's. I think the. The most important purpose that Velcro serves is kids' shoes. Yes. Yes. Re- I mean, regardless of anything else it does, or it was invented for the astronaut program or whatever it was. Was it? I don't remember. Uh, not having uh, kids with untied shoelaces yep. is a major contribution to the world. Yep. It is. And it's just easy. And so you don't have to tie Rory's shoes every no. single time. No. He started doing this thing when he had briefly had a foray into tie shoes where he just like, he kind of got it, but then would forget. And he would just, like, tie them around and around and around and around. And around. Like, where it was just, like, a knot. Like, he just had a knot. And then, of course, they broke because it just 
got a little bit threadbare. I'm like, I'm going, we're going back to Velcro for the moment. I don't have to. Oh, no. Are we raising a generation of children (laughs) who won't know how to tie a bow? I mean, Bridget knows how, but we're maybe second children will be like, no, I don't know how to do this. I'm sorry. I can't do this. Here's my confession. I Hulk smashed some shoelaces the other day. I was putting on a pair and they were new. I, I changed my shoelaces on a pair of black shoes that I wear a lot for work. Uh, like a week or two ago, and I put these. I bought them someplace. How do you buy good versus bad shoelaces Who on knows? something like Amazon? Right, you go to a store or you go online. There's just one kind of. Well, I need the black ones. Okay, so mm-hmm. not the sneakers ones, the dress shoes ones. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe so, you have some length options. Yes. So I ordered these on Amazon. They're dress shoe, black shoelaces. I I did them. I used them a couple of times, and then I went to put on these black shoes. Like a week ago, I'm pulling up both sides to tighten up the shoe a little bit. Both sides just rip off (laughs) into my hands like like I didn't know my own strength. I don't think I was pulling that hard. This is a good reminder. I I need to go get a refund on my shoelaces. (laughs) (laughs) That's $2.19 I'll never get back. (sighs) All right. Going back to our listeners, Jean says, Monday, um, our weekly Zoom call with lifelong friends who now live in Seattle, and then we meet with a friend who is also part of the call and go to dinner at a local where our adorable granddaughter is a bartender. Well, that sounds mm-hmm. lovely. That's also big, yeah. Jean. Those sound like big pleasures. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah. But it sounds very nice. Um, Margaret says, painting my nails. Uh, God bless you. I don't. I can't. It looks like a blind person painted my nails whenever I have you know my my left hand's okay my right hand is not good um Jonathan says telling old man jokes I come up like with like the squeaky wheel gets free stuff Jonathan (laughs) that's not even a joke I know it just is a thing it's just a word play (laughs) also telling old man jokes is not a small thing it's an identity so Exactly. Um, Kenneth says, going to a new brewery. I like unique locations like a former church, a former theater that now has an indoor pickleball tournament, and a circus, and ones with really cool outdoor setups. Kenneth, you need to come back because there's definitely some that have have opened up here that are really fun. And the ones now that like allow children, which I only marginally like because a lot of them are like babies, they are Honestly, it's kind of annoying because they're so packed because any place where you can bring a kid and also sells alcohol, parents are like, oh, I'll be there. Um, Jennifer says, an empty airplane seat next to me. Ugh. I try not to be too eager when you're like, yep. in, you're like, don't don't put it out there. Don't do you don't exactly, put it out there because exactly. somebody has the seat. Just act disinterested. Oh, it is the best. Yep. Though. You know, when most people have boarded and you're sitting there and the seat next to you is still empty oh. and, you, and you're like, don't get excited. Don't get excited. I mean, and you still start to get excited. And then like the second to last person comes down the aisle and they sit next to you. And you're like, mother. <sighs> <sighs> yeah. Um, this is funny because it harkens back to bobby's old bay uh goldfish this rosemary says the smell of celery when i bite at the store i thrust my face into it and inhale it like a crazy person i get it rosemary <laughs> i get it oh that's really the, funny the, sm- the smellery is what it is <laughs> the smell of celery is the smellery i don't even i need to like once i smell it i'll be like oh yeah yeah, yeah. i know what she's talking about for some reason i couldn't quite conjure it up but 
Look at at it. Um, Carolyn says, when a book from my library queue is available. That is nice. Yes. Very yes. Um, I actually think this is big because I've watched a lot of Top Chef. Making uh, Laura says, making risotto and drinking a glass of wine is a good one. Isn't risotto <laughs> like hard to make? Like it's it's like famously kind of hard to make well, I guess. Well, I think it forces you to take like 30 to 60 minutes to do right. nothing but make risotto. It, so yeah. it's, it requires patience is yeah. the issue. Yeah. Yeah. And do you put the wine in the risotto or do you, do you drink the wine or do you do both? I don't know. I don't know. Probably both. Probably both. Um, Amanda says, relaxing outside on a nice warm day. I bought a hammock chair recently just for this purpose. A hammock chair. Ooh. Chair, chair, I like chair, the. Chair. I, yeah, I like the idea of that, but I don't like the idea of having to have a place to string a hammock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hammocks also stress me out. They just need a lot more. I mean, like, I think I've talked about a lot more core stability than I'm willing to give it for sitting mm-hmm. down. Uh, um, okay. Anne says, other than randomly finding Neko wafers at the hardware store uh, next door, Wendy, my latest round of yarn or thread chicken is pretty great. Uh, and definition is when you're flir- flirting with not having enough yarn or thread, usually bobbin thread to finish the project. That is that's exciting. true. Yeah, that's true. I could see am, that. Am I, can I make it through the whole thing? That's that's a good. Now, and I do listen. Everybody gets to like what they like. Re neck away first. Yes. But there are a couple of places where you're really taking a chance if you buy candy there. One is by the checkout line at the hardware store, <laughs> and the other is the checkout line at Joanne Fabrics, because God only knows how long all that candy has been there. Oh, it's so dusty. Well, I mean, Neko yep. are already dusty, but they're like dust on top. Ju- I suppose you could say they're shelf stable. <laughs> well, this is like when you buy bakery fresh rolls, and they have flour on them, so you can't tell if they're moldy. Neko wafers, yeah, they just get dustier. <laughs> Gross. Um, okay, Beth says crawling into a freshly made bed, everything clean, put a book next to me. Heaven. That does sound very nice. Um, yep. Freshly made, like, did you make it and then you unmade it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, and then finally, Lane says the way my dog runs to the door to greet me like he's been missing me for years, even if it was just uh, outside for five minutes to take the recycling out. See, it's funny because. We took care of my parents' dog for the past two weeks because they were going to said many graduations. And I love dogs and, you know, I'm we're dog curious. We're in the market. But I, when that happens, when the dogs are like excited, when a dog is excited to see me, I don't mind it at first. But then I feel like, what do they need from me? <laughs> what do I need to do? I get a little, I think I've been a mom too long. I like get stressed out. Like, what do they need? How is the dog curiosity going these days i mean they have it you know we met a dog that was just too young for us that was very cute it was too young i need to reach out to them again because they said that they would only bring me opportunities they thought were right for our family so i'm being selective i'll know it when i see its face this is i i'll know when i see its face i know what kind of dog i like i'm not i'm not somebody who goes to like a pound or whatever goes to the animal clinic and i'm like yes i want any dog that's here i'm i'm picky so too young for you, is it? Is it half your age plus seven in dog years? <laughs> yes, exactly. I know. Let's see. Half my age. Half my age is 22. So, so 
I mean, that's three. So you can do three, yeah. Uh, three is perfect. Honestly, three is ideal for me. So yeah, works. it works for dog-human relationships as well. As <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the dog that we met was very cute, but she didn't even know. They said she was like two years old. This dog was not two years old. This dog was closer to a year, which is fine, but um, she didn't know sit. And I was just like, I'm, this is, I'm not interested in this amount of training. Like I need a dog that's a little bit more seasoned than that. So we'll see. Uh, watch this space, I guess. I don't know. Picture the kids you coming home and be like, oh, she didn't even know sit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> God. <laughs> All right, Bobby, you want to get us into medium talk? Let's go to that pig pic. You, you know I do. It's Memorial Day weekend. Let's celebrate. Thank you for your service by having a potluck. Wait, does out- that mean they died? I mean, it's a yes, thank you for your service, but also you died. <laughs> right. It's actually a terrible faux pas. It's, it's Veterans Day where we just thank you for your service. Yeah. Memorial Day, you know, has a moment of remembrance. Uh, but we're going to do it with a potluck. Thank you. You died so that we could live eating uh, Aunt May's, uh, you know, chili or whatever. And get a three-day weekend. At a yeah. potluck? <laughs> Aunt May's chili? I guess, yeah, chili's a tough one for a potluck, isn't it? So I get for free freelancing here for, for freewheeling. Thankfully, I didn't do that on my answers for our prompts for medium talk. We had this thought as we were talking last night. Um, I don't remember how we got to it, but uh, we're I believe overdue. you said, eh, we haven't talked about food for a while. <laughs> and you said, yeah, it's been six weeks, <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's Memorial day weekend. And I think it came up in part because, you know, Sam and I are traveling this weekend. Um, families are all getting together. And I, very quickly thought about what you bring in those situations. And so we're going to run through, uh, and I don't think this is going to be a taxing medium talk for us. No, uh, no. I think, oh, the other point was we had some really heavy conversations recently. Uh, and last week was sort of a bridge to super light, dumb talk. And I think that's this. So my prompt for you ladies and for myself, uh, when you're going to a potluck or smorgasbord shared situation, party, whatever, what's your go-to like, you know, you're going to make it or or maybe even the people at the party say, oh, you have to bring your world famous blank. What do you do? What do you bring in? And you even put in, obviously. So what do you bring in? <laughs> Dessert, obviously. Obviously. <laughs> I was trying to come up with something more specific, you know, like I bring my world famous whatever cookies or something. But I, I don't think that I have a go to item but there are some um there are some guidelines on picnic potluck dessert right because i'm not gonna bring something that needs additional utensils to be served sure i think yeah that's the way to put it i mean i love a good cheat cake or somebody brings their like their nine by 13 pan with whatever in it but if i need like a spatula and i'm worried about it falling off and you need a fork to eat it then i mean those are great desserts but it's just a lot to manage when you've got your plate and your food and your fork and your beverage and you're trying to pretend to be a normal human being for a while (laughs) it's all too much for me something's gotta go so i think we're looking definitely at something that are easy grab single servings your brownies your cookies your 
whatever and something that's not going to be messy when you eat it. So I don't know. I love a fruit dessert, but fruit stuff can fruit stuff can be a little bit messy yeah. or structurally unsound. I think the the fruit really can um can weaken the integrity of the crumb. So <laughs> yes. you got to you got to be careful. Yeah. But uh but f- as far as specific stuff, I mean I like to do different things. I like to try something new. I don't I don't love a old standby in my desserts. So like beyond that, I don't know. I I have enough of a dessert reputation that people are going to be excited. They're like strumming their their fingers on the desk like Anne Where's the dessert? We need the dessert. Come on. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yep. So I re- that would be mine. I remember now how we got to this specific part of the, the conversation. It's because at that same Botox convention I was at for the networking, um, the spread was a lot of cheeses and breads and things. And I was marveling at the fact that we've completely gone so far post-pandemic that we're back to a giant <laughs> yes, display of sweaty right. cheese that we're all going to breathe over. Oh, yeah. And this also had hummus and olives. And then it had pickled peppers with stuff stuffed into it. They were the size of a golf ball. What Damn. stuff? Like, what like, stuff stuffed I, into I it? I couldn't quite tell. Like some sort of, I assume some sort of cheese. Yeah. But my thing was like, I mean, I, I don't even want to have a plate, let alone have something I have to dissect with a fork and knife. Yeah. Right. It's a, yeah. it's a reception, not a dinner. I, I, I at one point did put a couple of, cause I paid $60 for my ticket. So at one point I did like put some stuff on a plate and go stand at a cocktail table and started trying to eat it and was immediately hit up by two reps from a PR firm trying to sell me stuff. <laughs> cause I stood still too long. <laughs> no. And I was like, Oh, I just want to eat this overpriced food. Um, and that's what got me thinking about the smorgasbord. But yeah, the impracticality of that. And at the end of the night, they were still all there because nobody was going to try to eat that. They might be plastic mm-hmm. for all I know. They might put them out at every one of these things. Six years, nobody's tried to eat one. <laughs> just get out the same ones for yeah. every reception. It's like that fruitcake that gets passed around every December. Like, <laughs> So my my answers in our categories are actually going to end up contradicting one another. I know. I thought that. I was like, what? Yeah. Well, because again, I'm the one making this, so I know it's okay. Yes. When I need to make a lot of something for a party, I make deviled eggs. I love deviled eggs. We have talked about deviled eggs before, man. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason I make deviled eggs is because with the Instant Pot, they're not hard to peel. And every time I take like three dozen deviled eggs somewhere... People are like, oh, my God, how long did you do that? And they're not all beat up and ripped up on the sides. Yeah. And it's because I know how to, like, I know the trick. I have the secret sorcerer's magic. I remember deviled eggs growing up being the giant pain in the ass of peeling these eggs. And now it's not. And so that's my magic trick. Very cool. You know, I think the last time we talked about deviled eggs was because Meredith had a recipe that she was excited about for it. And so I decided that I was going to get in on this and try it. And it was kind of a big recipe, and I feel like, I feel like it was for two dozen eggs, and I thought, well, that's ridiculous for one person. So I made a dozen deviled eggs, and then you know you cut them in half, so you still end up with twenty four mm-hmm. yep. units. That was a lot of deviled eggs yeah. for Anne. <laughs> so I'm a little bit concerned about where this conversation is going to lead me. 
Well, uh, I do like the idea of if somebody said, hey, do you want to have six eggs for breakfast? I'd say no. But if they said, do you want a dozen deviled eggs? I would say absolutely. Yes. Hell yes. <laughs> they go down easy. They go down yep. so easily. Oh, my goodness. Yep. And I don't have a fancy. I don't even follow a recipe. It's just like yolks, mayonnaise. You do it by feeling. Yeah. A little bit of hot <laughs> sauce, a little bit of paprika, uh, maybe a little uh, pickle juice, maybe. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's it. I like that. Very simple. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I will fall like a ravening wolf upon a tray of deviled eggs and a potluck. <laughs> it's one of those things where you start checking around. You're like, does anybody, Does anybody count? Noticed? <laughs> but the worst is when people have it on those like <clears throat> deviled egg plates, you know, where like yep. the, and you're like, oh no, they can tell. <laughs> <laughs> so embarrassing. I used to, uh, years and years ago, one of my first, my, my first job in Boston uh, at Cantata Singers, there was a woman who would bring us deviled eggs in for events, and they were always rectangular. She had some sort of um, tray that she put them in, not like not an ice cube tray, but something like that, where she would put them in right after cutting them, and they would just eventually take that shape. And then when she popped them out of this thing, they would be kind of rectangular, and it was the weirdest, surrealist weird. thing. But they're really that good. That's weird. Yeah. Super weird. Not natural. No. Um, Hillary. Right. Yes. Okay. So I usually get stressed out um, before, like I have to, you know, bring something to an event because I'm like, oh God, I don't know. Like, you know, my, my go-to always for a party is like, I'll make queso. Um, but it's not really, it doesn't work because you're like, I don't know what the electricity situation is at, uh, you know, an outdoor, a potentially outdoor event. Yeah. So... Um, Bobby, I'll bring congealed cheese. <laughs> I know. Well, sort of. <laughs> I bring uh, my mom slash I don't know if it's my mom or my sister this corn dip that they um, came up with. It is so delicious, Bobby. I don't know if you would eat it because it does have mayonnaise in it. Um, I call it everybody. Anytime anybody eats it, they're like, mm, "This is so good." I'm like, "It's honestly like a series of opening cans. Like that's kind of all it is. It's two cans of Mexi corn." Uh, two cans of chopped green chilies, one can of Rotel, one onion, one cup of sour cream, one pound of mayo, uh, one cup of mayo, and one pound of sharp cheddar cheese. One it's- pound of mayonnaise. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, it's so good. You use it, you eat it with Fritos. It, you just mix it up. It's so good. I don't know why it's so good, but it is so good, and it has always been a star at the events. I think it's the sour cream, the mayo, the cheese. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, and I love that it's called corn dip. Like the corn is right. the like kind of the last thing. And it's, you know, there's green chilies and Mexi corn, but it's really not very spicy. It's so good. I love it so much. Um, the other thing that I always bring, I'm a plates and paper towels gal because I feel like I'm dropping the ball on the food. So I'm like, I got the backups. I always have paper towels and I always have plates. So I will bring that under my arm. That is very valuable. That yes. is a valuable role that yes. you're taking upon yourself. The thing yeah. that I, Dave has accused me of being wasteful is about paper towels. I'm so wasteful. I use so many paper towels. Like I just, I, when we're eating, I like cover myself in paper towels. Like just dra- <laughs> drape them over me. He's like, I use so many of them. I'm like, I don't care. I love the environment. I don't care. I'm going to use my paper towels. <laughs> yeah. I used to use tons of paper towels when I was baking more. Oh, it's, right. Seems, I don't know. It seemed like I wanted paper towels for hand wiping yes. and everything yes. before. Yep. Yep. But, but uh, then it turned out that that was mainly what I was using them for. So now my consumption has gone way down. Oh, that's good. 
I'll save the planet so you don't have to. (laughs) Thanks, Anne. Thank you, Anne, for your service (laughs) on this Memorial Day potluck. Um, Hillary, let me stay with you here. Okay. Because the next category is what are you looking for? So when you go to a potluck, especially like a really big one where maybe you, you, you know, there's lots and lots and lots of stuff out. What are you seeking out when there's more than, you know, you can't have everything? What are you seeking out? Um, I, because oh, I... Oh, can't you? <laughs> oh, can't you? Well, okay, so I typically like... I mean, we talked about it on our appetizer show. I like appetizers, so I will do a variety of dips if that's something that is there. And then also a variety of desserts because I just feel like... Not that it's hard to... I mean, it's easy to map, mess up dessert, but they're usually pretty simple at things like this. And I just they're like always still them. edible. Yeah, right? exactly. Exactly. So it's like, I'll do a little sampling of dips, a little sampling of desserts. And then, you know, I guess I'll have a burger if that is something that is available. Um, I do like deviled eggs as well. Um, and I do like to just kind of sample, but there's definitely some things that I stay, like the heavier stuff I stay away from. So yeah, dips slash desserts. That's my go-to. Excellent. Um, for me, it's, it's one of those things that I love, but will never, ever make. And I wrote it on here as those meatballs, because <laughs> you know what I'm talking about when I say those meatballs, I'm talking about the little Swedish meatballs cooked in mm-hmm. some weird mixture of Russian jelly, Russian dressing and, and grape jelly. <laughs> like what? Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Grape what? Jelly? <laughs> have you I never was had with you till the grape jelly? <laughs> have, you never had, oh, have you never had grape jelly meatballs? Is this a Western New York no. delicacy? No, I don't think so. I think this is this is a thing. Google, oh, here we go. Google, Mom, Google. Momsdish.com has grape jelly meatballs. This I've version never... is darker. This version is grape jelly and chili oh. sauce. I mean, maybe I have because I've had something that's sort of sweet and maybe I just didn't know what here was we in go. it. Here we've, we've got grape jelly and like... Uh, From oh, bu- it's, it's all... From buns, from buns in my oven, from buns in my oven.com. This is definitely one of those like straight frozen food 70s recipes. Yeah. Like, the meatballs, the jar o smuckers, second reference this episode. The- and then, yeah, something else to take the sweetness edge off, something with some spice or some. Some, from yeah. uh, from quaintcooking.com, this recipe is attributed to the 1960 cookbook, Elegant But Easy, a cookbook for hostesses by Marion Burroughs and Lois Levine. Mm. What was that? Um, elegant, elegant But Easy? Elegant But Easy, a cookbook for hostesses. <laughs> but it doesn't... It doesn't say where they were from. I'm with you, Hillary. This has to be regional, right? Yeah. What are the odds that independently you and I have <laughs> like, not what? heard of an appetizer? <laughs> Grape jelly. I mean, maybe I've heard of it with like hoisin sauce or something like that. Like a... It's something to oh, that's sp- fancy. We don't buy those. <laughs> I just never heard of Canadian. Grape we jelly. don't. Okay, okay, okay. I'm getting to food 52 okay. here. And they've, they've got a picture of the meatballs with those cocktail skewers sticking yes. out of every single meatball. But that's <laughs> yes. weird. Um, 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 um. And yeah, no, you just leave the cute, you just leave the, the toothpicks next to the crock pot, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Oh God! They were in the 1978 edition of the Betty Crocker cookbook. Wow! I guarantee that's the recipe that my mom made if it was in the Probably. Betty Crocker cookbook. 
Oh, Food 52, you are. I need to know some sort of geography here. Food 52, where are you? Uh, Elegant yeah. but easy, a podcast for hostesses. I think we have another new episode. <laughs> Do you think that Willard Scott's like... Um, Family is getting residuals anytime somebody mentions Smuckers. <laughs> God. <laughs> I <laughs> hope so. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, and. <laughs> what? Oh, I'm. Oh, it's my turn. I'm, I'm still searching for the history of grape jelly meatballs. <laughs> the etymology okay. of the grape jelly meatballs. <laughs> All right, so this too, I think, is going to be at odds with uh, what Bobby has um, has put on his list. But I was trying to think about what do I gravitate towards in these kind of situations, and I think I gravitate towards all the things I wasn't allowed to eat yeah. as a child. Yeah. Oh sure. Uh, no surprise there, coming from a very healthy household. Uh, as we said, Bobby, an ingredient household, not a snack household, yeah, and those good. ingredients were extremely healthy. So Straight to the Uncrustables. Right. Being at a place where my mom can't supervise <laughs> everything that goes into my mouth is an incredible opportunity for me. And so uh, when I was younger, I would have said chips. But now that I'm grown up, I can have chips whenever I want. And so the the thing that keeps rising to the top is potato salad. Oh, yeah. And that's because it's something that I just don't eat and don't buy. And so when I am presented with it, I'm going to dive headfirst into that thing. And I see your point, Bobby, about mayonnaise. We'll get there. Right, right. I, I see your future point, but uh, I'm not that worried about foodborne illness, food safety illness. Um, and I just, and there's so many varieties of potato salad, and I like them all. I'm not going to fall into one camp or the other on that. I believe there's room for every potato salad in my stomach. And, uh, and maybe it's my Scandinavian ancestry that really enjoys a potato. Yeah. But I think that's where I go. Although I do like the idea of um, Hillary, which you said, like a picnic burger. There's something about a burger that, you know, your uncle just grilled (laughs) up or something with a cheapo bun. Yep. Oh, yeah. And some nice Heinz ketchup. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Heinz. Only Heinz. Only Heinz. Only Heinz. Uh, Mm -hmm. When you went to houses and they had Hunts, I'm like, no, I hate Hunts. Ruins the French fry. I wonder if we have any Hunts ketchup stands in the audience, <laughs> and if we do, we don't need more because <laughs> get out of here. The question of the week: What are you doing with your life if you have Hunts ketchup? <laughs> uh, Usually, I, I like to support the plucky underdog, no, but in this case, no, they're wrong. I, I just can't. Teresa, I got your back. I'm yep. a Hines lady. <laughs> we support you, lady who needs no supporting. <laughs> Uh, well then, Anne, since you you sort of keep you've drawn notes to my no no, what is your absolute no no? As it is on the Richie, what are you avoiding? What are you not going anywhere near at a big uh, potluck? I don't know. Is there anything that's off my list? I'm not sure. I couldn't come up with anything good. Although I will say that 
when we get to get my Wisconsin side of the family, when we get together for like a Christmas potluck, this is very, um, what are the chances that any of them will ever hear this? I love them, but they are from Barron, Wisconsin. <laughs> it's You don't get much more rural than Barron, Wisconsin. And it's very much... I mean, it's literally Barron. <laughs> yes. Well, it's B-A-R-R-O-N. Not... <laughs> it's like the Trump I was going to say, not... is it like, like Trump? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's so... I don't want to say stereotypical, maybe archetypal of like the basement potluck, rural Midwest kind of thing. And they always have like the apple Snickers salad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the things that wear the mantle of salad very lightly. Let's <laughs> put it that way. And, I, and I'm not a salad snob, but, you know, you kind of wonder how they got around to calling them salads. But, like, some of that stuff, uh, stuff that's, like, made in a jello mold, it's like, may- maybe I don't need that yeah. stuff. Yeah. Ambrosia salad? Mm-hmm. Did you guys have mm-hmm. that in your part of the world? I mean, I I know what it is. I wasn't always exposed to it but Same. no no Mm-mm. not interested oh yeah even the pictures just look disgusting a creamy fruit salad loaded with pineapple mandarin oranges coconut and miniature fruit flavored marshmallows you know it actually my mom made with w- cool whip my my mom makes a fruit salad for um thanksgiving that it, we don't call it ambrosia but it basically is and everybody in my family loves it except moi i'm like mm pass on that one i'm not interested it doesn't have coconut but it has like apple slices maybe uh grapes straw- you know it has all of it with marshmallows mm-hmm. and i'm like i'm Mm-mm. looking at a mybakingaddiction.com um picture that looks like it has maraschino cherries Mm-mm. in it Mm-mm. which is problematic Mm-mm. either that or they're cherry tomatoes which is problematic <laughs> of a different kind. <laughs> there's no right answer to that one um, yeah, no thanks. I'll skip that. Yeah. <laughs> we got there. We did. Uh, so to my much alluded to, uh, no, no. I wrote anything mayo-y. But there's a caveat here. I will bring deviled eggs and I will eat deviled eggs because I made the deviled eggs. My problem with the macaroni salad or the tuna mac, which is something I oh, like on yeah. a given day. Uh, is that I don't know who made it or how far it traveled or if it came on the sunny dashboard of that car. Um, <laughs> That's the psychopath. joy of potlucks, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the uh, uh, roulette involved in what that could do to your body. I just can't. I can't enjoy it without thinking about it. And so it will ruin the experience. So if I know who made it and I know that they are a responsible person, uh, or, you know, if it's uh, sitting over an ice bowl, mm-hmm. you know, like if somebody's taking the littlest bit of care to make sure that it's relatively in the safe zone of food safety, then I'm I'm game. But if it's just thrown out there, I just can't do it. I think I like disassociate when I go to things like this where I'm like, <laughs> whatever. Like I just throw I, I have never the only time I've gotten actual for real, like knock me out food poisoning was from a restaurant. So I'm always like, eh, whatever. It's fine. I got a, I got an iron stomach. I can handle it. 
If yeah, I want it, I'll eat it. Well. <laughs> I think I think too, Bobby. I also make a little bit of a distinction uh, between the ratio of mayo to other stuff. Yeah, yeah, sure. In yeah. the dish, like a like a tuna salad, whatever, should not be predominantly white. No, you yeah, know? yeah, it needs to have more of a if, hint, not a hint, a yeah. little more than a There's hint. There's so but... much mayo in there yeah. that it dominates the presentation. I really do see your point on that. I'm probably gonna give that a miss. Mayo ratio concerns. I also think that yeah. tuna at a pot like that's you're, that's a yeah. dangerous game. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think I think a a. a a salad with fish in it should always be cold. <laughs> always. Yeah. I'm going to have to go get some tuna mac next door at the grocery or make some now. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, yeah. I, I've been to too many of these where there's like a wet Tupperware bowl with a big spoon in it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that noise. <laughs> Uh, Hillary, what are you avoiding? Okay, the older I've gotten, the more I really I like refried beans that I get at Tex at a Tex Mex restaurant. I like, you know, a beans in a soup, like a you know an Italian wedding soup kind of situation. I really don't like baked beans, and I feel like every potlucky kind of picnic thing, there's always a big vat of baked beans, and I'm like, you are insulting my Wisconsin relatives. Sorry, I do a big (laughs) swerve on that one. I'm like not interested. And I can't remember ever having <laughs> eaten beans there. <laughs> I, I just feel like, and, and everybody's like, mm, these beans are so good. You know, they have whatever sausage in them or there's something they do special. They soaked them. And I'm like, I'm just not interested in beans. I'm not interested in beans. I'm just not. I, I, it is a realization as I've grown older. I like them in a stew as an accompaniment or, um, yeah, on refried Tex-Mex beans. But otherwise, no, no, thank you. No beans. Beans are an ornament. Yes. They are not. <laughs> no. The beans are not the main character. No. Unless you're vegan. Yeah. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. My brother used to always, always say that. And then he would toot. <laughs> he would actually do the toot? Oh, always. Always. I mean, oh, Carter, my God, Carter can toot on command. I remember going into Ugh. my brother's rooms and being like, it smells awful in here. What have y'all been doing? And like, nothing. It just smelled bad. Ugh. Disgusting. Well, I mean, we know what they were doing in there. Exactly. And Bobby, I see you have an honorable mention here. Sorry, I was just letting that conversation pass without my input. <laughs> I would never. That's so crass. So terrible. Uh, unless it makes Sam laugh. So sometimes. Right. Yes. Um, I would never, ever hotbox my poor wife. <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. Uh, honorable mention. Uh, uh, I couldn't get through this this topic without thinking of Mike. Um, and his sage advice for any kind of picnic or party, which is to be the guy who brings ice. So it is true. It's always necessary. The, there's always. always, always, always a need for more ice. And if there isn't, it's a $3 investment that will melt away and you'll just throw out the bag. Yep. Like it's, mm-hmm. it is the ultimate low stakes investment in being the hero. The worst is when it's like, uh, uh, well, it's like everybody's drunk and they're like, we need more ice. And mm-hmm. it's like, nah, we fucked up. We don't have any more mm-hmm. ice. Then it's like warm, you know, Trulies or whatever Coors Light. <laughs> so uh, this is my reminder from, from Mike. Thank you for your service, Mike. Don't forget yeah. the ice. Yeah. So uh, do you guys, have you gone to 
many potluck occasions where they have the punch bowl with like Oof. the punch bowl ring in it. Is that a thing that people really do? I've I feel s- like we had one at my high school graduation. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I feel like at high school part, like at not high school parties, like ragers, but like mm-hmm. at my senior year, we used to have, you know, we had like senior parties or whatever. A mom would throw a party and it was sort of like, Ooh, like here's this, you know, it was a little fancy. <laughs> Yeah, and then the guy with the slick back hair and the Letterman jacket dumps a <laughs> flask full of something in it. Hell yeah. Because <laughs> there's nothing funnier than getting a bunch of other people mildly buzzed. I just wonder, because that is such a trope of TV and movies. That's like, I don't know, that that may, my graduation may be the only time I've ever been yeah. to an event that had one of those, and I did not want to be there. Thanks, Mom. <laughs> I remember. I did not want a graduation party. <laughs> like, no, I remember church picnics where it was the um, the the concoction of sherbet mm-hmm. and Seven Up yeah. and yeah. something fruity who, and who, I mean, which I'm kind of into. It's super good. Who thought of that? Like, who was the first person that was like, "Hmm"? I guess the person who thought of putting meatballs in Smucker's right. jelly. <laughs> the brave innovators who came before us. <laughs> uh... And then, uh, then you go to college, and then it's jungle juice in a fifty-five gallon garbage can in the basement oh, of a disgusting. frat house. Yeah, which I have one scene when I lived in a frat house, and Jesus, grain alcohol and Kool Aid or whatever. Ooh, mm. ooh, ooh. Uh, <laughs> with that in mind, the question of the week is: What is your go-to picnic offering? What's the thing Hopefully you bring? What's that. the thing you're famous for? Hopefully, it's not jungle juice. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We want to know. And also, honestly, I want to glean some recipes because summer yeah. is coming. And, uh, you know, I can COVID always do something else. COVID's over. <laughs> We're yeah, all doing exactly. potluck. It's <laughs> great. We're all going to just, uh, you know, start drinking from the same cups and <laughs> yeah, beer pong is back. <laughs> yep. Oh, Lordy. Uh, Hillary. T-She Recommends? Um, I have two T-She Recommends. One is one I know that I've recommended before. But, okay, so I'm in this stage with Bridget where she sees, like, I want to watch that. And I'm like, "Mm, it's a little grown up for you, but the new season's coming out. And so I said, you can watch it with me, which is whatever. That's good. Yeah, so we started watching Never Have I Ever, the Mindy Kaling show, which Mindy Kaling is such a complicated person. But I like her shows that she's written on. Um, Never Have I Ever is a, it's a fun, I mean, it's definitely Frank. It's definitely a little, you know, they talk about sex, but it has good lessons. And I cried at the end of the first season. And Bridget was like, Mommy, are you okay? Because I was like really crying. And she thought I was like having a panic attack. But um, it's very sweet and uh, wholesome for being kind of foul as well. But I, I really, really enjoyed it. And I've enjoyed uh, watching it with her. But actually, the funny part was when <laughs> the first episode, um, you know, it shows Paxton, her love interest, who was also in our Christmas movie, whatever that Christmas movie was called. Um, the one that we watched this past year where she... Oh, Love Hard? Love Hard. Yes. Yeah. So Paxton is the guy that she like kind of thinks it is, but then... That, oh, okay. Yeah, so Bridget was like, ew, is that guy 30? And I, I looked him up, and I'm like, well, he's 32. So, yeah, yes. 
<laughs> she did not think he was cute. I think she kind of does now, but at first it is a little bit startling because the woman that plays the main character is maybe like 19, so it's a little startling. But anyway, it's very, very sweet to watch again. We're plowing through them. Um, the other one that's actually a new recommendation is a Wondery podcast. It's called Think Twice. Um, it is... Um, I heard it. It was sort of advertised to me. And then like weirdly, I think I saw Chris Hayes tweeting about it. He was like, oh, this show's actually really good. Um, it's a, it's Leon Nafok who did the first season of um, the one about Watergate the um, mm-hmm. and Jay Smooth. Anyway, it's about Michael Jackson and like his legacy and how we deal with him basically. And how mm-hmm. like how it sort of starts in the like it starts like. Not around, it starts around his trial and then it goes back to his roots and just like all that stuff. It just is really interesting because he's, he's so complicated because it's like his music is indelible. It is a part of our lives. Like even my kids know it, you know, it's just a part of the soundtrack of our lives. And yet he was a really complicated person and maybe probably did some really terrible stuff, but also had really terrible stuff perpetrated on him. So it's just, it's an interesting, it's not like this has all the answers. It just brings up stuff that you sort of forget about it or just trying to synthesize it into one human being. And I, I, I really enjoyed it and I blew through it. I think it's like eight episodes Hmm. and I blew through it pretty quickly. Maybe I'll, I'll have to listen to that because I've actually thought about Michael Jackson a lot, trying to put him into the context of the me too movement. Yeah. Yeah. All the predatory jerks and what kind of a predatory jerk was Was he? he? Very complicated, very abused. Yeah, exactly. Isolated person who was never allowed to express himself as an uh, adult. adult, like a fully formed adult. Um, It is, I listen to it, and I'm not sure if this is the only place it is available. It is an, a Wondery pod, um, podcast, which means it's an Amazon podcast, and it's also done in conjunction with Audible. I listened on Audible, but it's free. I didn't pay for it or anything, but just I streamed it on my Audible app. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. That's how it was advertised to me. So that's how I listen to it. Um, and I like Leon Nafok a lot. Yeah, I think he has, he has a nice um, stentorian kind of voice that I enjoy. It's sort of dispassionate. Anyway. So think twice. It's just interesting right. to hear a Wondery podcast with such substance. Uh, yeah, no kidding. I know. Usually Wondery is a little like, you little know, slick. M- murder. But no, I, I think they're yeah. maybe trying to venture out into something a little bit more um, reputable. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Wondery is a little bit wine and murdery yes. for me. Yes. Usually yeah. let's let's sit back and, and revel in somebody else's tragedy. Yes, exactly. Um, yes. So anyway... With that, it's time for you to get involved with the show at our website, thisshowhaseverything.com, or on the Facebook group where you can answer the question of the week. Uh, show Twitter, no, I don't think so. <laughs> no. Instead, why don't you email us at tshishow at gmail.com and attach a voice memo wherein you tell us what you are known for bringing to potlucks and picnics that everybody clamors for when they see your car arrive. We <laughs> want to know, and Bobby wants recipes. Uh, or you could just fox, uh, fox. You could fax the recipe directly to Bobby. Car fox. Car, car fox the recipe directly to Bobby at 617-354-8513. As always, the AOL key shirt, key, keyword, oh my God. The AOL keyword is Tishi. Thanks for joining us. And that was absolutely not everything no. about picnic food. Nope. 
Okay, stop. Okay. What do you want? Um. The brand is strong.